0: Healthcare and senior care is fraught with problems and challenges, but we're also seeing some amazing new clinical treatments and resources. This show will help illuminate and uncover the good, bad, the ugly in order to equip patients, families, and other healthcare providers. Welcome to Senior Care Confidential. Hi, good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of Senior Care Confidential. I am here with my friend, Eric Van Gotham again uh, from Amada Senior Care. And I have him on today because while I get to bill insurance and I'm and I'm pretty well-versed in that area, on the medical side of things, these the side of things that I'm not really that well-versed on is the actual um, long-term care insurance side. So we do get requests from time to time from long-term care insurance policies who are asking for clinical documentation from us. Um, but outside of that piece of it, I virtually know nothing. It's kind of like our VA talk all over again. <laughs> and so I figured Eric um, can help uh, come in today and shed some light on that. So what are some of the the top things the top questions that you have from your clients about these long-term care insurance policies
1: sure appreciate you having me back first of all um and i'll stop <laughs> pounding my ring on the table.
0: Um,
1: number one thing is always who pays for caregiver services and uh, a lot of folks will think that they have caregiver or home health aid coverage through their medicare and they are uh they're surprised to find out the limits of the home health aid or the bath aid coverage that can be provided under their, their Medicare insurance. Right.
0: Cause if it is covered, it's designed to be very short term. Exactly. And they're needing longer term help. Correct. Yes. And it's generally a bath aid stopping by for,
1: you know, 30 to 45 minutes, a couple days a week for a couple of weeks. It's not going to be somebody that's going to stick around and assist with your activities of daily living for a long, you know, four six eight ten twelve hour shift yep so that's number one is the fact that the only type of insurance that is designed to pay for uh caregiver services is long-term care insurance specifically designed to either reimburse or cover the cost of a caregiver cna or home health aid to assist with your activities of daily living got it Uh, that's number one uh number two is um kind of quoted some stats in in, in our pregame here and that's that about 11% of Americans, 11 to 13, depending on who you ask, um, have a long-term care insurance policy here in Texas. We're blessed and about 20% of our population has a long-term care insurance policy. Now, the commonality of all the people that I've met with long-term care insurance policies is that the majority of folks, um, even if they have a policy, they don't fully understand the benefits in their policy or especially how to access the benefits of their policy.
0: I have had patients of mine and I don't know it's, you know, the contract language is weird, uh, but I've had patients of mine say, Hey, can you explain this to me? Oh no, that is (laughs) so, you know, and so you can imagine we've got these older folks who, you know, some of them, a lot of them honestly have some cognitive decline and they've got this legalese, you know, written document um, with all these different clauses or Whatever, And they're like, can you help me make heads or tails of this? Um, so I'm sure you guys get that a lot too. Absolutely.
1: So we we we're we're set up to to handle those situations. That's kind of where we shine uh, in the market. Um, but what we're seeing, especially in the past six months, on the claims side, is we are seeing long term care insurance companies push more and more and more of the claims process back onto. Uh, the uh, the claimant uh, or the senior that is needing the assistance with their activities of daily living or has cognitive decline. So they are pushing more of that process uh, back onto uh, the, the insured or their power of attorney. Uh, whereas in a lot of cases, agencies like mine were assisting people through the process Got because it. it is so convoluted.
0: Got it. Okay. So they're creating more barriers for them to actually access it is it what it seems like that's what whether it feels whether like. it was an intentional or not sure. if, if they're not allowing the agencies to kind of help quarterback it and help guide them through the process they're now not allowing y'all to do as much of the of the back end work to help them access it absolutely that and
1: that appears to be one of their strategies of course i'm not in their board meeting so i don't know exactly where yeah. uh, the strategy lies but um there are uh, rate increase letters that go out on a fairly regular basis um, once you when you buy a lot where when you bought a long-term care insurance policy because uh, today we we want to focus on people that have existing long-term care insurance policies not necessarily folks that are looking to buy new long-term yeah. care coverage um, so folks that you know you they bought a policy in you know 2006 2003 1999 2012 whatever it was generally the policies that were being sold at that time were Uh, traditional long-term care insurance where you're essentially you're buying a bucket of money Mm -hmm. where at the time you need care, there's this bucket of money out there. And let's say it's $100,000, $300,000, whatever it is. And if you want to access that, that bucket of money at some point, um, you have to pay these premiums and you pay your premiums on a, a monthly basis, an annual basis, et cetera. And you pay them all the way up until the time that you become claim eligible. And Becoming claim eligible is another really big question for folks because they will say they'll come to me and they'll tell me all the things that they need help with, that they need help getting to the doctor, remembering to take their medication, they can't stand and cook a meal, we need somebody to do meal preparation for us, um, all sorts of things. I need help making the bed, doing the laundry, You know, some light housekeeping around my house. These are all things that caregivers in our world can do, not one of those things is uh, generally a a covered trigger to activate a long-term care insurance policy.
0: Interesting. Okay. So, okay. I'm glad you mentioned that. So there's well, instrumental, instrumental, all instrumental activities, those of daily are living.
1: not generally those are events. not I've seen a couple policies okay. where you can need, you can be <clears> dependent or need assistance with uh, three or more of your instrumental activities of daily living. Yeah. Uh, but the majority of long-term care insurance policies, I would say probably 90% plus <coughs> have a, a two ADL dressing,
0: ending, bathing, toileting, transferring, transferring.
1: Yeah. and eating. Got it. Okay. Um, activities of daily living threshold. So generally that is the functional incapacity threshold is needing hands-on or standby assistance, um, with two or more of your activities of daily living. We get into the minutia of what is a standby assist. What does that mean? Um, and so folks will think that they need to be on their deathbed to file a claim where the bar is lower than that because a standby assist, um, that can be something that somebody can realistically meet under a nursing assessment mm-hmm. um, to need a standby assist with if your fall risk. Absolutely. Right. That's an easy one. Absolutely. Um, so you, you've got that aspect. Um, the other aspect is, so you've got ADLs that are somewhat easier to qualify for for lack of a better term than people think they are. And then you've got ADLs that are much harder to qualify for than people uh, think they are. So, uh, the last one we kind of glazed over was eating. And people will think that I can't stand in, you know, in the kitchen to make my meal. I can't go right. to the grocery store. Surely that would qualify me for, for eating or feeding. It doesn't. The way that the question is phrased when the, the claims department or the claims department's nurse comes to do your assessment on the, on the eating or feeding ADL is literally once a meal is prepared for you oh. and set in front of you and cut up are you able to feed yourself essentially fork to mouth? That's right. Yep. And that's the only part that's covered. Yeah. So that generally that's the, that's a, one of the more difficult ADLs sure. to to qualify for. Most people can fork to mouth, feed themselves right. once all those other steps have been. Right. And my question is always to the insurance company, well, who's going to do all those other steps right uh, for these folks that live alone? Yep. But, that's well, that's where they would get
0: it on transfers and mobility, because if yeah. it's if it's unsafe if for me point. to be working in the kitchen, then Absolutely. You know, the meal prep stuff is, is going to qualify me. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. You just can't do it on the eating one yeah. by itself. They got to segment it somewhere. So what is this elimination period? Because I, I hear about this, and I think this is some of the reason why I get these letters requested from, you know, whether it's Genworth or... John Hancock or whatever, they'll send me a letter requesting medical records because it sounds like they can use our therapy assessment and nursing visits, like the number of visits we've done to help achieve this elimination period, which sounds more like it's, it's almost like a deductible, like That's you're right. paying for some time before your, the policy kicks in.
1: Yep. So a lot of, uh, these policies, I mean, every policy is going to have some sort of elimination period. Um, a lot of policies will have different elimination periods for different levels of service. So okay. there are policies that cover home care, uh, assisted living, nursing home, memory care, uh, all sorts of different, uh, uh adult daycare there are all sorts of different levels of care that do they line item those
0: things out or is it just like a blanket <laughs> hey we're going to cover whatever you need
1: they're line itemed okay. they are they have definitions they have okay. it's i like to call them a mad libs definition or, or choose your own adventure because you've yeah. got to get one definition will define another term and another definition you've got to read six definitions to figure out what one thing means
0: yeah, crossword puzzle
1: Yeah. Only worse. Um, and then you're supposed to do that when you're 90 something and need assistance with your activities of daily living. And then you're supposed to go file your, file your claim yourself online with a new portal and a password that you have to remember. Uh, it's, it's (laughs) crazy. So, uh, the elimination period is, it's just like your deductible on your car insurance. It's the part you have to pay for out of pocket. Um, a lot of people get very frustrated by the need to pay their elimination period because generally when you're going to activate your policy for the first time, the maximum amount of care that you need is right up front because you're generally coming home from a hospitalization mm-hmm. or rehab. Yep. And generally the care that you need is, is front loaded because you want to make sure that you're safe when you get home. Correct. And when you're paying for those first days of service out of pocket, those are the big days, and those are the days you really want to use the policy. Yep. Uh, but you've got to remember, these policies are designed to be long-term care; they're not designed necessarily to be short-term care. Sure. So, um, once you meet that threshold and you access the benefits of their, your policy, then you know, you should have, you know, hopefully, depending on what you bought, um, you know, really good, consistent benefits over the long haul.
0: Okay. So let me ask you this: If I let's let's scenario, so let's say. I fall and break a hip, got to go to the hospital, have surgery, go to rehab. I want to go home, not quite, I know I'm not safe enough to be at home, you know, around the clock by myself yet. So I have access to this long-term care insurance policy. Let's say I've got, you know, some other chronic illnesses too. So it's not going to be a fast recovery, right? And so I want to be able to access my long-term care insurance policy. If I, let's say it's a 30-day elimination period. So I got to pay for the first 30 days on my own. And then after that, it's all picked up, up to whatever my cap number that I bought is, right? What if I recover enough to where I no longer need the in-home care, but next year I fall and break the other hip. Is it once I've met that elimination period, the first time, is it done? Or do I have to meet another elimination period because now I've, I've canceled services?
1: A lot of great questions, lots to unpack there. Um, trying to figure out where I want to start. Let's start with, uh, with the initial fall and how you handle that hospitalization. Uh, It's really important to understand the way your elimination period works and the way your policy works before you have a need to use it. Because where you decide to recover Mm -hmm. can affect how much you have to pay for that elimination period out of pocket. Because you alluded in the last uh, question about Uh, long-term care insurance companies reaching out to you for Mm -hmm. invoices and uh, documentation to potentially satisfy elimination period days for your clients. Right. The same thing can be said for certain rehab facilities and certain skilled nursing facilities. So if you are, Recovering, and you are going to be making the choice to either go home or to spend an additional couple of weeks in a rehab facility. If the rehab facility is one that could be covered as a covered service under your long term care insurance policy, then there's a possibility of using those days in the rehab to decrease wow. the number of days. Okay. that you have to pay out of pocket. So that's number one. Is Does that
0: happen with all rehab facilities and skilled no. nursing facilities? No, so it depends
1: on how they're licensed. They have to be licensed as a skilled nursing facility. If they're licensed as a hospital, then they're not going to get the same benefit. <sighs> oh, I
0: have so no idea. So where you
1: discharge okay. from the acute care hospital to the rehab makes a really big difference. Are you going to do rehab? It, it, it depends on how the policy is written.
0: Because here's here's where I'm going. So if I have, if I'm the guy with you know a few chronic illnesses, and I've got this new hip fracture, my choice of going to a rehab hospital or skilled nursing facility could actually benefit me, Absolutely. or hurt me on the, on the access my, because you know, the rehab hospital is usually 10 to 12 days and it's considered a hospital. So yep. it would not be, it would not fall into the uh, the elimination period. Correct. But the skilled nursing facility is, has convalescent care there with exactly. caregivers and like Medicare by itself, you know, not, not to mention the Medicare advantage plans, but Medicare itself, like the first 20 days are covered hundred percent. Exactly. And then, you know, I think this, the next 80 days are covered at 80%. But if you have a supplement, they, they kick it in there. I might actually get my entire first 30 days, assuming I have the elimination of, 30 my first 30 days covered through that through absolutely. my medical insurance and never have to really pay out of the out-of-pocket and,
1: and you've got plenty of folks that <coughs> have had uh your services before having a hospitalization yes. and generally these companies will they'll do a look back yep. a year two years yep. and let you look back we've and seen qualify that. your services from six months ago we've
0: had them we've had yeah. them where they've been discharged exactly and we've gotten requests yes, absolutely for them. So, I've, okay, so i have seen that okay so now what happens if I fall again? And I, let's so, assume I don't need, a, yeah, I don't so, need the caregiver so we, services.
1: So in your scenario, we, we've got that broken hip. We've got our extra additional chronic illnesses. Uh, we receive, let's say we receive six months of covered care. One of the things that probably happened during that six months is that the majority of these policies have a clause called the waiver of premium. Okay. Which means that as soon as the insurance company starts paying you, you stop paying them. So in... A lot of policies, vast majority, when you start receiving benefits under the policy, somewhere in that ballpark, plus or minus 30 to 90 days, you stop paying your premiums. And you don't start paying your premiums again until you recover and go off services.
0: Okay, that makes sense. That's how it works. It's weird, but that makes sense. Okay, that's how it
1: works. Um, So if you recovered, you stop receiving services. You have to start paying your premiums again to make sure that your policy doesn't lapse. We're going to assume that you did that. Do I get mail? You started paying your premium. You do, but you're going to want to call your insurance company and say, hey, I stopped receiving services. Start billing me again because they're not going to assume that you stopped services. They're going to assume that your agency is behind in billing.
0: Uh, when they stop receiving invoices okay, that makes sense okay
1: and so you're going to want to start paying your premiums you're going to want to be proactive about that yep um but let's say you make a full recovery and you don't need any additional service for uh for, for a year a lot of these policies have another benefit called the restoration of benefit gender and i'd say that one's probably about 50 to 70 percent of policies have a restoration okay. of benefit clause and i'm talking to traditional long-term care insurance nothing that's been sold yep. in the past probably decade um What I'm giving these percentages, I'm talking about what I come across these days, which is generally people that are in need of care now. They've had their policy for 20, 30 years. Uh, These are the the policies I'm kind of lumping all my anecdotal stats into, if you will. Um, So that restoration of benefit clause uh, states that if you fully recover and you don't have or need... Uh, assistance with those act, those activities of daily living for a period of six months or 180 days, we, again, we check the verbiage of the policy, yeah. uh, then they will restore your benefit back up to the maximum amount. So let's say you've got a $200,000 maximum lifetime benefit on your policy. During those six months, you used $30,000 of it, then you recover and your maximum lifetime remaining benefit was 170. Well, after six months, they restore it back up to 200. Ooh, so you get your money back. That's nice that's what you're paying for with these yeah. premiums every month or every yeah. year
0: okay so do i if i need assuming i have that restoration policy or not if i need care a year later because i fell do again, i have to
1: meet my elimination period yes. again
0: yes maybe okay
1: um you these are all the questions that you want to know ahead of time. Yeah, uh, you want to make sure that you do a full policy benefit because it's kind of
0: like the deductible, right? I got to meet a deductible every year for my health insurance. Sure. If this, so I, I, it kind of makes sense to me where if I recovered in a you know whatever twelve months later, there's probably a, a period of time it would make sense to me where where they probably have another elimination period. So the majority of policies actually work the opposite, where Maybe.
1: you don't have to meet your elimination period again. It's just one time. It's one once and one and done. Um, for your entire life. So once you've met your elimination period, then you're set for life on the elimination period. There are a minority of policies out there that have an every claim elimination period where you will have to resatisfy uh, okay. the elimination period for every okay. claim, but it is a minority of policies. So gotcha. the, the, at the end of the day, there is no commonality of every single policy right. other than the way that they're structured. Yep. But what each one has is going to be very, very specific. Uh, And understanding what you have makes all the difference in the world because you can have the same person that has, you know, say somebody's got 200 bucks a day, um, but they've got a daily benefit. And then somebody else has 200 bucks a day, but they have a monthly benefit. Mm -hmm. If you're not coming off of a hospitalization, then most people will start off with a care plan that you only need service, you know, three, five days a week. And so having a monthly benefit allows you to spread that over uh more days it's
0: probably the majority of what i've seen
1: yeah so yeah. you don't i mean people have family around on the weekends et cetera. we have
0: seen some that, are, that were written kind of strangely they were it was like consecutive days it was there, and you're like okay there's everything. this is th- the most bizarrely written contract but anyway um so you mentioned in the pre-show stuff there's a difference between an indemnity plan and a reimbursable plan yeah, what a, re- a
1: reimbursement plan is going to pay for build charges up to the uh, limits of the policy.
0: Are they contracting directly with you? Like they are reimbursing the private duty company or are they reimbursing d- the family?
1: So that that goes through, that's called an assignment of benefit, uh, okay. much okay. like the medical world. Yep. Um, a reimbursement policy can be eligible for an assignment of benefit where okay. the insurance company would pay us as the provider directly up to the limits of the policy. Uh, in that case, the family would only have to come out of pocket for any, ins- any coverage. Coverage if your provider is willing to take an assignment of benefit, there are a lot of agencies that don't want to take an assignment of benefit because it takes so long to get paid. They want to just take the family's credit uh, card, run the credit card, and the family waits to get reimbursed. Got it. Uh, but there are agencies okay. like ours that will accept an assignment of benefit and we wait to get paid. We build the insurance company directly. Um, Welcome to my but that world. But <laughs> <yeah. laughs> that only works on a reimbursement policy and indemnity policy means that as long as you receive covered services during the period of coverage, whether that's a day, a week, or a month, then you are indemnified against ha- having that need. So they send you your sh- your full benefit for that period of time.
0: Like a monthly check, regardless of depend- how
1: much... If, if you have a monthly indemnity policy, <laughs> you get a monthly check. If you have a daily indemnity policy, then on every day that you receive services, you get that amount of money, regardless of whether or not you received that amount of charred build services. Wow. It gets even more convoluted because now there are, uh, when they're doing these rate increases, they're giving you options and they're changing the terms of your contract. Every time they send out one of these rate increases, you can check a box and keep your same coverage and your premiums go up, or they'll give you options A, B, and C, and then it gets even more convoluted. Oh, Lord. And sometimes you will only, they'll pay only 90% of bill charges now or 80% of bill charges now. So no matter what you're going to have out of pocket, if you, if you take that option. Uh. And so the other thing to really understand is that just because you have a contract from 2002 and we're looking at it, that we still need to call the insurance company and verify what is enforced today to understand what changes have been made along the way. I've, I had a lady that,
0: Oh, because a signed contract no longer, if she signed signed away her
1: inflation rider, uh, because her (sighs) premiums were going to go up too much. So instead of having, I think she, she thought she had $9,000 a month and she needed every bit of that. Uh, this was four years ago. Um, and really she had $4,000 a month so that delta of $5,000 a month made a really big difference in the way they were able to care for her.
0: Wow, yeah. So it's,
1: it's really important to understand what you have and to understand it before you need okay, it. Okay,
0: so this goes back to our, our VA conversation about how convoluted some of this stuff is. Oh, yeah. Who do they go to? So if they're, I mean, if, if if Mr. and Mrs. Smith are on their own, like the kids maybe, maybe not involved, they've got their own careers or whatever, and they're trying to navigate all this kind of stuff. There is just, it's, it's so... There's so many details and there's, there's so many legalese things and I, I, where do they go to get assistance with this?
1: So a a lot of folks will go to the agent that sold them the policy. Um, a lot of times these folks, uh, their agent is no longer selling insurance. Uh, so it'll be, they they're called orphan policies within the, within the industry. Um. That that's a great place to start. You, okay. you definitely want to have a relationship with your carrier and you know and, and your your sales agent. The problem with that is that those folks know how to sell the policy from a conceptual point of view. They don't necessarily know how to file a claim. Or how to pragmatically talk so about using me, it.
0: They're kind of like the health insurance brokers who have no freaking clue about what ha- what the policies are that they're selling people downstream. The providers have to deal with Correct. and all the access to care. Just exactly. so the same thing. Like they know it from what Jen Worth or from what John Hancock is saying. Hey, Correct. these are the benefits of our plan. They don't know downstream what does that look like when you're actually trying to access it.
1: Sure. And yeah, I mean, from and th- that's what we we've built our reputation on yeah. is long term care insurance claims advocacy. So okay. Um, um, any Amada senior care location across the country would be able to uh, help you with this. We are all uh, trained and, uh, and and we've we built our businesses on long term care insurance claims and expertise. That stuff. Yeah, uh, okay. so we, we we all we've got a, a process for it. Um, personally, I you know I, this is how I've you know built our whole business. So, got it. Not so to give away the we, keys to the if, kingdom. No, but.
0: I got you. So if we have local. Um, residents yeah. here or families here who are have who have a, a long-term care insurance policy they may or may not understand, sure. or they just want to go, hey, we're trying to be proactive and kind of understand what we have so that when and if something happens for mom or dad, we kind of have our ducks in a row and kind of understand what, we, what, what kind of care we can access. They can contact you. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, my
1: personal goal is yeah. to review every single long-term care insurance policy in my service area before they ever need to use it there you go i do that yeah. visit for free we don't bill for that but yeah. the whole point is understanding what you have before you need to use it makes all the difference and in i'm the gonna world. say this
0: again i, I completely agree not from the brokers side. yeah, you have to understand it from the provider side the, because the, the providers side. are actually the ones who you're looking who you're going to look to eventually yep. to provide care. It's the same thing on the long-term care insurance side on, on for y'all and the health insurance side online. Yep. the the brokers only know limited information that the actual insurance companies are giving them. They have no idea the impacts of those things long term. So the best people to talk to on, in terms of what am I actually paying for is actually your providers.
1: Yeah. And the, the, we're the folks that are filing claims right. every day. Correct. So, I mean, I can tell you the the nuanced differences of what I've seen in the claims process with the same carrier over the past six months because I've filed six different <laughs> claims with that carrier. Right. And I've seen the process change and I see yes. it change month to month, yes. week to week sometimes.
0: We
1: <laughs> so, Yeah. I can identify those things because we're actually the ones doing the process. That's right, that's yeah. right,
0: very good. Okay, and one last time, I know we did this last time. Yeah. How do people get in touch with you?
1: Uh, cell phone's best. Okay. Um, my cell phone is 334-663-2333.
0: And then um, online, it's Amada Senior Care. It's just Amada Dallas. A of Dallas, there you, there you go, amadadallas.com.
1: Yeah, Got it, yeah, That'll good. redirect everything you need from us. Awesome,
0: yeah. well, you'll be getting Amada calls for these long-term <laughs> insurance, <laughs> insurance policies. Well, I appreciate you having me back. Yeah, thanks, man, appreciate it. All right. Bye.